0: Hospitality is at the center of the culture through and through, and I've wanted to have a cafe and this meeting place where people could come and connect and share great meals and great stories since I was 18 years old.
1: Hi, I'm Matt McKee. I created Cherry Bomb and the Sweet Blast series of limited edition photos with a mission to start conversations in the room about the bigger topics of food, art, and sustainability. This podcast is the companion piece to that project where I get to share with you some of the discussions that Sweet Blast has inspired. Today I'm talking with Mary Latouf from Lulu Green, an organic plant-based cafe bakery juice bar in South Boston. Mary, thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
1: Oh, cool. Well, first thing, I saw that Lulu Green is an organic plant-based cafe bakery and juice bar. Can you Tell me a little bit
0: more about that. So Lulu Green is a plant-based concept with something for everyone. So we offer everything from your daily coffee and a snack to a complete full-blown meal. So we serve breakfast lunch dinner and a killer brunch on the weekends Ooh. all plant-based and all with an amazing focus on food okay and we really want to change the way people see plant-based eating
1: because when suzanne originally said we need to set you up with this person i said plant-based well i've, I've heard of like beyond meat and stuff like that i know that's sort of the rage right now but when i've tried plant-based stuff in the past it's been interesting experience let's put it that way How are you doing it differently?
0: So we work with a classically trained chef to create amazing recipes. In terms of working with plants and plant-based food and when I switched over to a completely plant-based diet years ago, I learned that it's about layering flavor. So you really have to work with quality ingredients just like with any cuisine, it's all about mm-hmm. the ingredients and you know, we let our skills and the ingredients do the talking. It's using great spices mm-hmm. and seasonings cooked properly. Um, it's, it's all in the cooking and we treat our vegetables like the center of the plate, because they are center of the plate. For example, when we're cooking cauliflower for our cauliflower sandwich, we let it rest. It rests when it comes out of the oven, just like you would let a piece of steak rest. And that's what we train our team on, because that is the center of the plate.
1: Go into that just a little further, because cauliflower has always been one of those innocuous vegetables that I don't have a problem eating. And I love it more when it's kind of smothered with garlic and butter. Describe more the sandwich you were talking about.
0: So we have this wonderful sandwich made on house made saj bread and saj bread is um, a style of a Lebanese flatbread. So we make our dough in house from scratch. And so the cauliflower is marinated and it's spice rubbed and it's roasted in the oven. So, when working with vegetables, you can turn cauliflower mushy very easily. And, yes, you know.
1: yes. It, it seems like there's a, a two-second window in there to, to uh, <laughs> either it's going to be good and kind of firm and, and still be palatable or it's going to be um, muck.
0: Yeah, exa- exactly. Well, and that's the thing that turns a lot of people off to plant-based cooking because, you know, things aren't, say, done correctly. And it's really hard to mess up French fries, right? You can fry anything, <laughs> deep fry anything, <laughs> and make it taste good, right? So. Yeah. Um so, so there's the difference. And then so when that cauliflower comes out of the oven, you don't like serve it right away because it, it needs time to rest a few minutes. Just like, say, like a, a piece of steak to kind of, you know, like hold any moisture in and things like that. So it helps it keeps it from getting mushy. Does that make sense in the sandwich and keeps things being too wet? So it's it's all in the recipe itself and you know and working with these wonderful ingredients, but also preparing them correctly. That that's really important. So
1: you know a cauliflower and a piece of bread would not necessarily well, I guess that's technically a sandwich at that point. No. Do you do more to it?
0: So the the barbecue cauliflower sandwich starts with our house made sage bread. Um, And it has muhammara on it, which is a roasted red pepper, Middle Eastern spread that has roasted red peppers. We use cashews in ours, pomegranate molasses, lemon Mm. juice, garlic. It's amazing. It's salty, sweet, just really well balanced. And we add pickled broccoli rabe to the sandwich, vegan mozzarella, tahini, and that barbecue cauliflower, which is marinated in all these wonderful Middle Eastern herbs and spices. Oh, wow! Yeah, and it
1: sounds amazing. Oven
0: roasted, and it's finished with arugula in the sandwich, and it's crunchy and it's a little bit sweet and salty at the same time. At, with this wonderful bread, it's definitely a fan favorite.
1: And this would be on the lunch menu.
0: Yeah. So this is on the weekday lunch and weekday dinner menu.
1: What's an example of something you would have during a brunch?
0: Oh, we have so many great brunchy things. So we're doing a vegan sun-dried tomato and arugula omelet, which is killer. So our chef's using just egg for that. And, you know, a lot of customers are like, I thought eggs weren't vegan and i'm like they're not
1: i was just gonna ask Yeah, they're like
0: eggs weren't vegan and i'm like well they're not that's not egg just egg is a plant-based egg replacement and it's made primarily of a mung bean protein so that's a um you know a really been a really popular brunch item that our chefs just recently added
1: so does it taste like eggs? I mean, I, I assume one of the challenges is when we start substituting one food for something else, to a certain extent, you want to achieve a similar flavor profile and and mouthfeel. But at the same time, because you're working with all new ingredients and all different things that have their own special qualities to it, you don't necessarily want to hide those. Does it actually mimic an egg or is it?
0: It mimics the flavor and the texture and the color of egg. Yeah, so the omelet tastes like an egg omelet or from what I remember an egg omelet tasting like, you know, <laughs> but it again, layered with flavor, a sun-dried tomato, arugula, you know, a tri-cheese blend that the chef does in there. And it's amazing. And we serve that with, home fries, and organic sourdough toast. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just had lunch and I'm hungry again. Mm-hmm. Your bio mentioned that you were embracing the lifestyle that your brand emulates. How would you define the Lulu Green brand?
0: The Lulu Green brand is a cool, fun concept that really does things remarkably. And that's in the name. So Lulu is something or someone remarkable or wonderful. So we're remarkably green through and through. In terms of how Lulu Green relates to me directly at home, it's sort of bringing my personal passion and lifestyle to life in the restaurant and being able to share that with the community from green, healthy living and healthy eating. We built the Interior with sustainable materials, from no VOC paints on our walls to silicone furniture rather than using vinyl or plastic, mm-hmm. for, you know, furniture for our banquet in the restaurant. Um, you know, we worked with a lot of local producers and makers to make the furniture. You know, we worked with local folks whenever we could and get also like our furniture if we couldn't get it locally we really tried to work with vendors that manufactured in the US to really lower that carbon footprint And the same thing with our packaging, we've worked with carbon neutral packaging companies as well to source our cups. We use compostable materials whenever possible, things like that. And that's a whole uh, separate conversation.
1: That's a whole nother rabbit hole that I would love to go down with you sometime.
0: Yeah, maybe future for sure.
1: Yeah. You also mentioned that you are a food educator.
0: Well, I love to share my, my knowledge and passion for all things food you know, kind of which foods are the healthiest (laughs) and how to make them taste great. But I did work for Whole Foods Market for a number of years as their healthy eating program director. So it was part of my job was to educate our teams in the stores and then also our customers and community on healthy eating education and how to eat the foods that gave you the most nutritional bang for your buck, so to speak.
1: How did you become involved in this?
0: Just a personal passion, you know? So I've always had a personal passion for food. I grew up in a traditional Lebanese family, and if you know any Lebanese people, everything that the culture does is centered around food. Mm -hmm. So you could be say picking up your kid from a play date and you're, you know, going over to pick them up and next thing you're invited in and you're having a full (laughs) blown meal like, you know, and it's five hours later.
1: No short trips on days like that. No,
0: for sure. But so and hospitality is at the center of the culture through and through. And in comes the sort of really wanting to open a cafe piece. I've wanted to have a cafe and this meeting place where people could come and connect and share great meals and great stories since I was 18 years old. Oh, wow. That was my lifelong dream, but I was always interested in food, loved food, and in college really became interested in healthy food and healthy eating and which foods were the most nutritious and and it went, you know, well beyond food for me in terms of just what can I do to live the best, healthiest, longest life ever. And, you know, in comes the sustainability piece. I feel like I remember this aha moment when I worked for Saks Fifth Avenue back in the day, I was, would always yo-yo diet back then. And so if there was like an event Mm -hmm. or something coming up, like a cool party or something to go to, have to like, you know, drop 10 pounds in a week and (laughs) <laughs> wear this killer outfit and whatever it was or you know there was a bigger thing that'd be like a three month thing you know and like you know like going to the gym like oh, <laughs> once or twice a week or three months yes. and, you know what I mean defining the back muscles if it was like an open back dress and things like that and so you know and my weight always kind of flip flop mm-hmm. And at a goal weight a long time at one point when I worked at Zach's I would go to Starbucks every day and get a latte and a lemon square mm-hmm. like and that would be like my lunch and, and so then you know you get that sugar high and caffeine high and then crash and I remember saying out loud to myself you know what I look good and I'm like my weight's good but god do I feel crappy after I eat like that and I ate that yesterday and I've been eating like that every day and I feel crappy and I have like a headache at the end of the day mm-hmm. huh it's not about how food makes you look it's about how food makes you feel And then Mm. that was sort of my real turning point with the relationship to food.
1: Definitely, It kind of goes to something I've said a number of times on here. It's about changing perspective.
0: Yeah, no, you have to dig deeper when folks are venturing over to maybe switching over to plant-based food or like trying more plant-based foods and incorporating more plant-based foods into their life. They really um, seek us out because we really try to make it easy. Yeah. Some of our best and favorite customers Are carnivores and we still love them. You know, we're really an inclusive place. We just want folks to enjoy a really great meal and walk out feeling better than when they came in. And that's the whole experience. It goes with the service along with the food, you know, and and how the food makes you feel after eating it.
1: When did you open up?
0: We opened January 30th, 2020 six weeks to the day before the pandemic hit.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, So
0: (laughs) talk about timing. Yeah.
1: How'd that work for you?
0: (laughs) Well, it worked out pretty good because we're still standing. Yeah. It definitely tested us and we definitely like to stay on the positive side of things and always look for a silver lining and it tested us and it pushed us to be innovative and creative and think on our feet for sure.
1: I noticed on your website that to go and takeout was something that was was happening a lot at the green was that something part of the business model to begin
0: with? When we first opened, we really wanted to service the heck out of our customers, so we did weren't doing any delivery or takeout or anything like that just to get the team trained up and comfortable mm-hmm. and then we were going to be offering order ahead and deliveries and things like that on, you know, the delivery partners, like all of the main ones out there.
1: And how do you feel about the the takeout side of it? I know some restaurants were, they were all about the dine-in event, and they they either did not want to or were unable to to pivot to doing takeout and another was completely embraced it and will be doing that for forever going forward how do you, how do you find that experience
0: for us we we embraced it for sure because we are a casual concept okay so it works well for us in terms of getting somebody a quick healthy meal the Downside is the packaging piece, Yeah, you know, making sure people get their order safely, number one, and intact and the best packaging to be able to say, keep something hot or cold and how to pack it and make sure it's not sitting out a long time, all of those pieces, but it's a whole lot of packaging, which adds to the expense. And then there's the commissions that the delivery partner sites take, which are a huge chunk in an already very small profit margin yeah. business.
1: On the packaging side of things, this has a, been a huge thing in the news of late of, about plastics uh, showing up everywhere and uh, coming up with biodegradable to-go things that are actually affordable and not going to flavor the food and not going to like, melt as soon as somebody puts food in it how much research did you have to do to find that stuff
0: well we've done a whole lot of research and so we use a mix of compostable packaging and some plastic packaging which we're waiting for better alternatives to come out to be able to switch over to them because just because something is compostable if it's adding toxins to the food and our customers are ingesting the toxins that doesn't help us sleep well at no. night either. So we need to make sure it's healthy for people and the planet. But those PFASs, they're called forever chemicals yeah. because they truly don't break down either. So even if something is compostable, that chemical is still going into the earth. And something that like really changed for us um, that we were disappointed about when the pandemic first hit in terms of the takeout model and kind of switching over to that and having the lockdowns and being takeout only and customers not being able to come in was the fact that we weren't doing the china glass silver yeah. in the restaurant anymore and that was important to us for sustainability measures when we first opened because we though we are a fast casual concept we were serving real food which deserves to be served on real plate yes so That that was our mantra, which is much better for the environment. So we really were reducing the use of that packaging. But now with everything lifting and things heading in a more normal direction, we're excited to be able to bring that back to our restaurant for folks dining in with us. So that's something we're really excited about because it helps cut down on waste and it's much more environmentally friendly. And then I feel like the food looks better on it and it tastes better. On it definitely. Too.
1: definitely. All right. What do you wish you knew when you started?
0: Hmm, that, that, <laughs> that, 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 that's a tough one. I mean, I, I guess I wish I knew how hard it was going to be because the one thing I would have done differently, honestly, is taken a vacation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hospitality industry. People don't get vacations. They're living the dream, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: We definitely need vacations periodically, though. What would you tell yourself, your 18-year-old self, one one secret to your success?
0: Let me think about okay. that for a minute. Gosh, you're really putting me on the spot here now. <laughs> what would I tell my 18-year-old self? <laughs> I would tell my 18-year-old self to work hard, stay persistent, be consistent, dream big, and you know, whatever you want to do in life, go for it. Anything's achievable. And- you really have to learn and condition yourself to be comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> mm.
1: What do you want your legacy to be?
0: I want my legacy to be making plant-based food cool as shit, but you're going to cut that out. Because cool <laughs> I'm gonna, no, um, but, but that's the truth. I mean, I really want to change the way people perceive plant-based eating. And healthy food and changing the way that people experience healthy food and drink, you know?
1: Hey, thank you. I really appreciate you listening to this episode of Cherry Bomb the Podcast, the companion piece to Sweet Blast, which can be found at theartofmattmckee.com. Today's guest was Mary Latouf from Lulu Green in South Boston, who can be found at lulugreen.com. Share this link with your friends and tag me so that I can give you a shout out on social media. If you have questions, suggestions, or comments, feel free to drop me a line at matt at mckeephotography.com. This episode of Cherry Bomb the Podcast is produced and edited by me with consulting help from Suzanne Schultz and Campus Fine Arts. And with editorial consulting from Bill Shamlian at Orb Audio. Thanks for listening and let's start the conversation. Just a really quick note before your auto feed refreshes to the next episode in your queue. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe you picked up a new tip or a concept, there are a couple ways you can help us keep creating it. Click on the link at the bottom of the show notes for buymeacoffee.com slash mckee. Coffee is life around here. Also in the show notes is a link to theartofmattmckee.com where you can browse art from my Sweet Blast, Promethean Dreams, and Tools series of portfolios, as well as others. Get some art for that special someone in your life. And if that special someone is you, don't feel guilty. It should go without saying, you deserve nice things too. And last but certainly not least, share this episode with your friends on social media. Let them know you enjoyed
0: it. And then you can start your own conversation.